It's Rubik here with uh, episode 19 coming at you with my boy WT. How are you, mate? I am doing great. Glad to be back for episode 19 and really looking forward to this interview with Dark Machine. Yeah, um, I'm super excited as well. The I believe the director of design is the title, uh, Kishi Yenison. Um, I hope I didn't butcher your name, mate. How are you, mate? I'm good. Thanks for having me today. And uh, yeah, nice to be able to talk with you guys. I look uh, forward to uh, answering all of the juicy questions. Yeah, um, we're going to give you a lot. So get ready. <laughs> um, <laughs> so do you wanna, let's start off with uh, telling us about your experience. I believe you've got a little bit of experience under your belt. And just tell us about your experience of, you know, what you've done and, wh- you know, where you've been and where you're going. Sure. So uh, currently I serve as the chief uh, creative officer uh, of our company, MetaX. Uh, I have been in the space for quite a while. I started out my career uh, building PlayStation 2 games, uh, uh, probably uh, somewhat known for a lot of the music games that I had built uh, uh, around that era, like Guitar Man, uh, Osu, uh, Elite Beat Agents, etc., etc. Uh, so did that. Uh, pretty much uh, developed games for probably every platform you guys have ever heard of, and probably some you've never heard of. Um, so uh, yeah, everything from uh, consoles, PC, mobile. Uh, been doing mobile for over, I would say now, 13, 14 years now. Um, so yeah, uh, VR, AR, uh, and, and most recently, um, Web3, if you can kind of call that a platform. Uh, so yeah, really excited to jump into this uh, bold new world. What made you decide to go into Web3? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so when we, you know, I, I, again, you know, just going, when I think about my career over the years, the games industry uh, has really changed and it's it's shifted. Uh, and every time there's a fundamental shift, whether that be like a technological platform or be a monetization platform, you know, typically there's are there are a lot of uh, you know great uh, opportunities uh, and chances to do something new. And I'm just one of those kind of people that I, I just like new things. I like to go into new things. I like to do new things. Um, so yeah, when you know first uh, heard about uh, that you could actually make games on the blockchain, I was like, whoa, what does that even mean, right? Um, <laughs> so uh, started uh, researching it quite a bit. Uh, I was introduced to it originally um around 2017 uh and uh you know back then as we know you know bitcoin you know was very cheap <laughs> um and you know i i'm thinking I, I i hit myself in the head every day it's like man i should have just invested more but anyway um <laughs> yeah so uh but back then you know uh it was still very very nascent uh there was obviously evm but it was still very early 
Um, and there wasn't much you can do from a game's perspective, really. Um, but, uh, you know, as we started understanding it a bit more, uh, you know, looking at some other uh, uh, success stories and, you know, uh, builders in the space, uh, we learned we could do much, much more than I had originally uh, thought. Uh, and that's when we started kind of going into it uh, really in earnest and thinking about, well, what could be the impactful thing we could do um, that's hopefully a little bit unique from the stuff that everybody else is doing right now in the space uh uh that uh yeah uh, that we could uh you know leverage what we've done up to this point and and just really just have some fun doing it um and uh yeah that's when we came to the whole kind of idea of dark machine not just of the game but uh of how dark machine could potentially you know perhaps uh make a new market uh, for itself using the power of web3 so that that's kind of really how we got into it when i was looking at dark machine I had like this nostalgic uh, throwback to my childhood. I, I, I don't know if you remember the cartoon. It was Voltron. Uh, and oh, my, yeah. <laughs> my my uh, first game I think I ever played that was mech-based was um, Mech Warrior. Uh, I know mm -hmm. of the game Big Gundam fan. out there. That's kind of like the vibe I got. What is there any type of inspiration for uh, for Dark Machine that you guys are pulling from? Oh, well, uh, you know, uh, I think mechs uh, form part of a triad of what I think the global audience would consider, quote unquote, Japanese content. So when, when I think most people think about, you know, content from Japan, they think of three things. They think of either samurais, they think of ninjas, or they think of mechs. And that, those are kind of really the three you know, oh, that's the Japanese content kind of thing, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, you see lots of samurais. We've seen lots of samurais in the past couple of years. Uh, we've seen lots of ninjas, lots of those as well. But uh, mechs hasn't, haven't been really represented well in the past couple of years. And I think the mech genre as a whole, uh, especially in gaming, was really, I, I, would, I would almost argue that it was a bit maybe frowned upon. Uh, to do a mech game and it's like well there's mech warrior but you know why else would you do in a mech game you know kind of thing mm. but uh you know us uh you know a lot of us uh, as devs being you know located in tokyo and in japan and, and really just growing up with this stuff you know and we just really felt that the genre was very underrepresented and and typically when something's underrepresented for a long time but you know there's like an audience there uh, that's a good opportunity to actually like try to inject something new into it. So that's what we, uh, that's the conclusion we came up to. And so when we, when we got, you know, first uh, started thinking about how we would design Dark Machine and what it would need to be, the, the one thing I really told my team very early on is like, okay, if we're going to do a mech game uh, and risk having people kind of, you know, putting us into the box of, the mecha genre. Well, the last thing we should do is actually try and run away from it. So we shouldn't be doing stuff that's like outside of the mecha. Uh, you know, we really kind of thought about well, what would make this like mecha? Like, what 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 thing can we do that would make it more mech-like than just like because we're not doing a powered suit. It's not like Anthem 2.0. Uh, it's mm -hmm. not a kind of, you know, superhuman kind of thing either. Um, it, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, we're going to really embrace mechs. So, you know, we, we looked at, uh, you know, lots of games past and present uh, that had, um, 
I tried to embrace that, but but that's one of the things that we 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 thought was very interesting is that not a lot of games really really embrace the fact that they're mechs uh, and doing a mech game. Like Mech Warriors, one of the really few games where I would say, yeah, they embrace the fact that this is a mech. They do all the things that you would expect a mech to do, and I think that's why they they really found their audience. Uh, and it's kind of partially what makes Titanfall cool too. Is that you know when you when, as a soldier you get into the mech, the mech is a mech, right? It does all the things that you expect. And, you know, it's like big, it's heavy, it's heavily art, you know, heavily artilleried, um, and it's not fast, but but it'll you know it's got lots of firepower and armor and, and all the things that you expect, right? So um, yeah, the, the the one thing we we wanted to make sure that we didn't do is just really just run away. Uh, from the genre, just really embrace it and and just think about well, what makes a good mech game? What will people expect, and how can we deliver on those promises? So yeah, maybe straying a little way bit away from the original question, but uh, in terms of inspirations, yeah, I mean, I would say like everything, like everything from mech anime, mech games, uh, you know, technology in general. Formula One. Uh, there's lots of things uh, that inspired us. I think. I love Formula One. I wonder how you're going to incorporate that. That'd be uh, pretty cool. Um, so yes, I'm a big Formula One fan as well. Me too. And uh, there's a lot of things just on the sporting side, the regulation side. They do a lot of things with esports. Uh, yeah, we're taking. Uh, I think you'll see over over time that uh, we've taken some inspiration from those things as well. So. You have also, with the recent um, release of the gameplay, in-game gameplay videos that you've come out with just in the last week, we see that there's destructible um, environments. How that you didn't mention that is is that how big is that going to be? How much of an impact on the game is that going to have on the game loop? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. So, um, so destruction for us is is a pretty actually critical uh, part of the core game design. You know, we started off with a very simple premise. It's like, well, if you're in a giant robot, what do you want to do? The first thing you get into a giant robot, you want to destroy things. <laughs> this is kind of like, you know, nature, you know, it's like the air we breathe, right? Um, so, you know, it, it's it's not going to be interesting just to be able to destroy things. How do we integrate that into a more cohesive game design? What we started experimenting with a lot and found some success with is that well? What if as you grow larger? So that, yeah, it's one of the things you know I can talk about later. But um, you know, in 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 Dark Machine, uh, your mechs kind of grow in size, kind of like a Russian Matryoshka doll, where you know the small mech goes into the medium sized mech, and it goes into the large sized mech, and it goes to the even large sized mechs, and et cetera, et cetera. Throughout um, a map or outside of the game? Uh, no, right. this is inside. This is inside the course of one match. Oh wow! <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna essentially. So there's a dropship that's flying overhead uh, of the arena that you're battling in. Yeah. Uh, you can place beacons to call your dropship to drop larger mechs onto the playing field, and that's exactly what happens. And that's what the the if you you know guys look at the trailer, the opening cutscene that's what that's happening mm -hmm. uh, that's what's happening there mm -hmm. the dropship is doing this kind of you know uh four like thing uh you know uh rainbow bridge boom mech comes up and and there you are um so yeah so you can go larger but as you grow larger as your mechs grow larger 
the natural thing you're going to come to expect is that your destructive force becomes larger, whether that be in the for in, in the in the shape of more firepower, or maybe just you just have more horsepower in your arms, you know, you're heavier, et cetera, et cetera. So what we wanted to do was try to um, have players embrace that and use that as a strategical component of how you kind of. Uh, uh, get an advantage over your uh, over your opponents. Uh, this is a seven v seven team based game, um, so uh, people are going to be you know you're going to be working uh, harmoniously with your team uh, in order to uh, think about best strategies uh, based on their loadouts and their strategies as well. But what happens with the destruction part of it? So we have actually two destruction engines in in the game right now. The first one uh, is around the destruction of mechs, and so. Uh, mech destruction is something, again, uh, this is goes back to the thing I was talking about earlier about, you know, how do we embrace the fact that their mechs uh, do something that, you know, non-mech ga non games can't do. And one of the things we realized very early on is that, well, you know, if, if I get shot in the head as a mech, it probably is not as uh, damaging as a human would, you know, it would mm. be to a human getting shot in the head. So we have no concept of a headshot, actually. What we do have, though, is we have incremental damage uh, over every body part. And so every shot uh, that you shoot at a mech uh, gets individually registered as damage in that local area. Um, wow. So you have like essentially local damage that's visible. And so what you can do essentially is, uh, you know, shoot out, shoot off arms, shoot off legs, heads, wow. whatever it is. And so you get incremental damage. Uh, and uh, as you can probably imagine, the, as the one that incurs the incremental damage, uh, you start losing functionality. Uh, for example, uh, you may lose the ability to uh, shoot your main weapon or you may lose the ability to use your initial skill, or you know, your, your visual uh, monitor display might get a little noisy, uh, you might not be able to run, uh, you may not be able to jump, et cetera, et cetera. Right? So all this functionality starts to get weakened. Um, and, and that's also, you know, it's very, um, from a skill-based play perspective, you know, some of the, you know, the good players on our, in, in our company, you know, they'll kind of position themselves when they're getting shot at in a way that their main weapon may not get damaged or, you know, stuff like that. So there's like little, uh, you know, technical strategy that you, uh, that you can employ here and there about, you know, how you go about taking out an opponent or how you may kind of protect yourself from opponent fire. So, th so that's the first component of damage that we talk about uh, in our game. There's a second component here that's more about damage to the map itself. Uh, and, and, and I think we, sh we showed a lot of that in, in the trailer. Uh, as well but uh yeah that's where the kind of uh there's a, a large strategic component about that about how you damage and destroy the map uh, to gain an advantage over your opponent um just to give you a quick example one of the modes uh in the game uh, that we're talking about today is a mode that we call superiority mode it's your typical kind of domination mode in other games uh, uh and if you've ever got, uh, played like star wars battlefront or anything like that you know it's, it's that mode right um, uh, where, where there are uh, points that you essentially um, steal from the other team. Uh, and, you know, as you kind of get those points, uh, uh, they turn into team points. Uh, and as long as you hold them, you, you continue to gain points. Now, there may be anywhere between uh, three and four points on any given map uh, that, that uh, we, we um, design for the players. Uh, and so you would imagine that there's some natural distance between those points. Not only distance in a straight line, but 
you know, there's going to be walls in between them. There's going to be buildings in between them, et cetera, et cetera. So you can imagine that if you destruct walls that are in between points, uh, destruct the floor that may be around it, et cetera, et cetera, you're essentially creating secondary pathways to get from one point A to a point B, huh. uh, whether that be in a straight line or, you know, through some underground method, you want a sneak attack, whatever it is, right? Um, destruction of the map essentially gives you the tools to create your own strategy as to how you might go about getting from point A to point B uh, in a manner that kind of suits your play style. Um, so yeah, from that perspective, it's, it's very important to be strategic about what maps or I'm um, sorry, what uh, uh, parts of the map you destroy versus what parts that you keep. Uh, and the ones you keep may not necessarily be the ones that your opponent keeps. So, um, so there's a you know, kind of constant back and forth of, of building and destroying you know, maps and buildings and stuff like that within the game uh, that really has uh, large strategic implications. Um, you can rebuild? So, yeah. Sorry? Uh, it's not exactly re rebuilding. Um, it's kind of like there's, there's, a, uh, <laughs> there's a shot type where it actually kind of puts up like uh, temporary walls. Um, right. So you can kind of like kind of do this temporary wall thing just to cover up, you know, uh, visibility, things like that. Because that's another thing, you know, um, it's one thing to be able to see this kind of, you know, silhouette of a guy like, you know, 10 walls across. But it's another thing to actually physically see them as well, because that means you can shoot at them. Um, so, yeah, just all of those things together. Yeah. Uh, make for a very interesting, very strategic uh, team based uh, gameplay experience. So, yeah, that's that's what we've done. That gets me really excited. I got one point in the That's question good. for you here. Um, I'm so excited too. <laughs> that, I, I absolutely love that you can target something right away. I'm thinking of like an MMA, MMA fighter, like giving quick jabs to the midsection or to maybe the kidney area or kicking, kicking a shin over and over again, trying to hit that same point so that it really hurts and fatigues over time. And that's like the same kind of concept from what you were saying with the mechs, uh, absolutely love it. That gets me really excited. And you're talking about the damage around the terrain with the maps. It just absolutely bananas of all the possibilities. Very, very cool. One question, if you're damaging a wall, like I've seen in the trailer, and it's falling, will that shrapnel falling or debris falling, does that cause any damage to anybody underneath it? I was kind of curious about that. That's a great question. And it's actually something we tried early on, but uh, you quickly realize that's not really fun. <laughs> so okay. um, what we've elected to do is that if any of that debris, like larger pieces of debris fall on you, basically it just kind of crumbles up and yeah, you, you get no damage. So gotcha. yeah. 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 Okay. And like the, about the lava. So in the, you know, the lava, when it falls down, when I asked you when you, if you re can rebuild stuff, like if you shoot a wall and lava starts coming down, you're not going to be able to really patch that wall up really, are you, to stop the lava, I assume? Yeah, so the lava is interesting. Um, so depending upon what part of like uh, some, you know, pipe or whatever it is that lava is flowing through, um, depending upon where you destroy and how you destroy it, um, the flow may actually stop at some point. Um, so actually that lava uh, part of the stage that you guys see in the trailer, that actually stops at some point. Um, yeah. it, it fills up the holes that that get built. So that whole thing, what's happening, I know it's a little bit hard to see. Uh, and maybe we'll, we'll show some videos uh, again around what's, what exactly is happening. But what's essentially happening is, um, it, the, the, you know, there's the, there's the disc, 
that's in the middle of the room, that's actually your point uh, that you need to uh, essentially dominate. Um, there are these things we call uh, uh, events that happen. They're like uh, randomized events uh, that happen in the middle of a match uh, that affect all players. So that could be anything from, you know, oh, you, your recharge, your energy recharge is now 2x, or, you know, your shot damage is now 1.5x, or, or in the case that you saw in the video, uh, it's a destruction event. Uh, so what you guys saw was uh, was an eruption event, is what we call it, uh, where the local uh, um, uh, active volcano has erupted. And that's created an overflow uh, through the pipes that are going into the, the factory. That's where you guys are fighting in there. And there's a whole lore behind why it's a factory and stuff like that, which I mean, maybe we can get to later. But So yeah, uh, pipes burst. Uh, uh, and before that, the floors of both sides of the domination point, they actually crumble. So at that point, you've already created a situation where the floor space is kind of like, uh, you know, a third of what it was. But if you fell into the holes that just got created, you wouldn't die yet. But that's where the lava comes in, where the lava pipes kind of burst, lava flows, and it flows into the floors that you see. And so if you take a look at the trailer, now with this new knowledge, uh, you'll notice what I'm talking about. But uh, the, the holes start to get filled with this lava, actually. So now what happens is if you fall into the holes, you're essentially going to do this, you know, Terminator style death where it's just like, I'll be back kind of thing and, and you're dead. <laughs> um, um, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that's what those are. So, yeah, that, it's part of a whole system of randomized events that will happen in during the match uh you know uh some matches can be controlled what that is some matches may become random so uh, it just all depends on how the the tournament organization gets formed or the match uh, uh gets formed and uh yeah uh it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun we think so that i had a question about that sorry wt um to dominate the conversation here no, go for but it Mark. is that event uh scripted event or is it dynamic like where the lava goes and all that kind of stuff is it, is it or is it both going to be both it's it's a, it's probably going to be a little bit of a mix of both uh the lava sequence is fairly scripted um mm. just because we want to kind of uh you know the timing of that is going to be very critical and and to do that actually with you know real time like uh you know calculation physics calculations of how the lava flows up that would be that probably be too much for most people's PCs. Um, so we kind of heavily script that part, but there are going to be other events that are actually a lot more kind of um, dynamic in nature. Um, so yeah, we'll probably announce those uh, uh, as we kind of move along. Uh, but uh, yeah, for now I'll say it's, it'll probably be a mix of both. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> we just got shotgun a ton of major information. I'm, I'm The hair on the back of my neck stand up listening to all this. <laughs> uh, just holy smokes. Uh, you've got all this amazing stuff that you guys are working on what is what what do you see the long-term uh vision for dark machine Ooh, that's uh that's that's a long question <laughs> as if my as if my answers were short up to this point um, we've, but, got, uh, uh, we've, we've got we've got we've got f1 um qualifying in about an hour and a half mate so hard stop at I that know. time yeah for, for both of us. <laughs> i know i know i'm like oh i have to do this interview in the middle of uh, of practice session three <laughs> but anyway yeah um so the long-term vision is is, is this is that uh you know, one of the things that we're really trying to do as a company is uh, we're trying to, I, I guess, uh, I hesitate to use the word a little bit, but uh, we want to 
decentralized esports, uh, and, and and so all of the games that we are producing in Medex uh, and publishing in Medex is is really with that one goal uh, in mind. Um, so with Dark Machine, you know, we've really designed it to be a very competitive uh, game. Uh, we are going to have some. Uh, interesting things that we will be doing in the future, which I can't talk about today, but uh, it's going to be, oh, uh, very, very interesting from a from an esports perspective. And I guess I can't say any more than that. Um, right. Otherwise, I'm sure you guys will bombard me with lots of questions. But um, we won't yeah, tell so, anybody. So really... <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you know, this, this podcast is going to get really popular. They're going to like. You know, listen back to this like a year from now. It's like, oh, dude. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I'll just say for now that um, uh, we're really trying to, um, you know, democratize esports in that way uh, through decentralization. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're looking to kind of be, I- I'll just say this we're, we're trying to look to be the YouTube of esports. Nice. Um, and if we can do that, uh, give the power to the players a little bit more. Um, I think uh, it can be very interesting times for the future of competitive play just as a whole and, and, and the part that Web3 as a whole plays in that. And, and that's really the vision that we believe in, uh, is that uh, we think uh, Web3 and competitive gaming uh, is essentially a match made in heaven. You know, you, you know, everybody asks about, well, what is the utility? Why are you going into Web3? You know, why you? You could have just done this game in Web2, et cetera, et cetera. Well, our long-term vision is such that we really couldn't do it with Web2 uh, technologies. The, the only way to make this happen, uh, even remotely possible, was through Web3 technologies. So... Uh, we are sticking to that. Uh, we will have uh, some uh, large announcements in the future uh, surrounding those things. And uh, yeah, uh, we hope to bring a lot of uh, value to competitive play uh, in the future. So yes, uh, please stay tuned. I really, I'm really glad you brought up the esports because that was my follow-up question. I didn't know if you're going to talk about it or not. I seen it somewhere. I think it was on the MedX uh, website. You guys called it an esports team-based shooter, and I've been in several projects where they're claiming, uh, "Yeah, we're going to be involved with esports." And I'm looking at their project, and it's not a knock on them. I'm just thinking to myself, "How are you going to get people engaged in this?" But when I look at Dark Machine, that was like when I seen the seven v seven and what was going on. I was like. This smells like esports, and then I read it on on your guys' website, and uh, boy, you, I, I'm glad that you guys are doing that. I, I can totally see this being very esports uh, centered. And uh, Rubik, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I, I'm a big believer in like the game, the community drives esports, not the developer. So you've got to build the game and the commu- that can enable esports and the community and build the community that will build the eSport. You know, like every eSport in history has come from the community, not from the game itself. Look at Overwatch, it died. You know, like a, a Hearthstone, um, um, the Heroes of the Storm, it died. Like it's, it's you know, the ones that are long, stand the test of time are driven by community. So, but also another thing is that like the eSports um, is rife full of, uh, cor- not corruption, but theft in a way where organizers say you'll get prize money and then they don't pay it out 
where mm. I think uh, the Web three can really solve that problem. With if you if you don't have the prize money up front in the contract ready to go for the players, then you you don't we're not coming. You know you've got you can see it in the contract, you can see it on the on the on the decentralized space that the prize money's there. So that's my takes. But I think you're doing something different to to what I'm what I'm mentioning here. But uh, in your side project, is that Project M? Is that right, or is that something different? No, it's actually something different. Um, so we're actually building uh, a platform kind of parallel to Dark Machine, uh, and you know the things you were talking about, Rubik, right now about uh, you know enforcement of rewards uh, and things like that. Yeah, that's a that's another uh, issue actually um, that uh, you know Web three solves very easily through you know it's just sheer you know natural transparency of things, right? Um, so mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of um, positives to gain. You know, uh, the community can sometimes be very down on Web3, but I think that when you think about it, when you look at it from the lens of competitive gaming, like Web3 is a godsend because like, you know, smart contracts naturally take care of all of these issues. There is no latency, there's no lag, there's no effects risk. There's a lot of great things that can happen uh, in in the framework and the fabric of just, you know, having tokens, right? Um, Mm -hmm. That would be so much more beneficial uh, for the community uh, and you know tournament organizers as well. So yeah, we we strongly believe in this model, and uh, we do think uh, the future of competitive gaming will be purely Web three um, because it's just the best place for it to go. Actually, so um, yeah, yeah. That, that's 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 where we see this. Great that's answer. A bit, of a, a, a bit of a left left uh, angle to this conversation that I thought was going to go, but it's right. very interesting. <laughs> Sorry, that was project. Project three, not Project M. Is that is Project three another game? Is that what you're saying? Because you said yes. multiple game. Ah. Yes, yes. So that's a, that's a, those are projects that we still have not announced. So <laughs> <Okay>. uh, yes, <laughs> you know where to come. There's more when, in the works. When, when you're ready, you know, you know where to come to, mm-hmm. to, let, the, to let the alpha out. You know, we can, we can do it on a big mm-hmm. show with our immutable audience. Um, yeah, but sounds good. In terms of the back to Doctor Machine, um, so. Obviously, you're building the platform. You've got so much experience building games. You understand what it, Japan, Japan of all countries, and Korea, you know, are the two leading esports com, com, countries in the world. You know, they they just make the best games for esports, um, hands down. So you've got that backing. You've got the Web three angle to it as well. Like, what what do you think is going to be the the catalyst for Dark Machine? To you know, is it the is it a new game idea? What, what's going to make it an eSport, you think? That's a great question. I mean, you know, it's, I, I think, you know, you really touched upon it, is that, you know, the community, competitive gaming kind of lives, uh, it lives or, and dies by the community. So I think the first natural thing that we need to do is that we need to, at, at a very minimum, uh, create a game that people want to play, first of all, obviously. And more importantly, that they want to compete against. Uh, and we think about like, well, what kind of games would you like to compete against others in? There, that's where a lot of the the design uh, happens. You know, there needs to be a lot of dynamic range of skill. Um, one of the things that I think uh, a lot of uh, competitive games miss nowadays is that they're really tailored towards the very skillful players, and they kind of leave a lot of the more uh, not so skilled players really in the dust, right? So um, I think one of the things that uh, having mechs is really beneficial is that the time to kill is actually a little bit longer. So we've kind of designed the game around the fact that your time to kill, average time to kill, is going to be longer. 
And this provides some interesting strategies um, because it's not just about the headshot, right? It's about all the things that I just mentioned. Um, so it actually opens it up to a much more, you know, a calmer for for the for the more casual user. It's a lot more of a it can be a more calmer uh, experience. But for the or, experienced gamers, go ahead. Or people like me that can't hit a barn door with a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> and there are a lot of people like that. I mean, you know, it's, yep. it's, it's not just, uh, yeah. So, I, you know, um, but, but you know, you still need to have the skillful gameplay that, you know, your pro gamers expect and want. Because otherwise, you know, there's no entertainment and, you know, uh, a scenario where everybody can do the same thing. It's, it's got to be a place where highly skillful players can do their highly skilled thing. Um, so I think the dynamic range is very important uh, when you think about it, especially with a Web3 esports title, just because, you know, we, we still have a big uh, responsibility to bring in more Web2 gamers uh, into the fold, right? And mm -hmm. in order to do that, you know, we need to have at least games that are of similar quality to, you know, competitive games in the Web2 space, uh, you know, like the ones that you know, we've been talking about. Um, so uh, I think that's the the minimum bar uh, 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 at 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 minimum. But I think on top of that, um, again, you know, we we chose mechs as a theme very deliberately because of some of the advantages we thought that could you know we can bring to the shooter genre that you know you may not have seen before. Um, and then just the other thing uh, is that you know that whole component about you know, the decentralized tournament play, right? That's just something that just does not exist currently. Um, and if we can build that, you know, on top of all of the building blocks that I just mentioned, I think it uh, creates a very kind of open, inviting, uh, competitive gameplay environment. But at the same time, again, you know, uh, for those really uber great players uh that uh, you know hopefully uh, will rise to the top in our game as well uh that they'll find some uh satisfaction uh in the fact that their skills are very high and they can exploit that uh, against uh, similarly high skilled players um and and i think if you can do that and create that and you're cultivating the community around that well you know i think things just start to happen naturally uh, uh by themselves so you know uh, obviously knock on wood we're crossing our fingers but uh, yeah we do think we have a a, a unique uh, thing that we're bringing to the table uh whilst utilizing uh, as much as we can the strengths of web3 uh and to bring you know this kind of new world of competitive gaming uh in, into the light amazing Amazing. <laughs> what, I, 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 I cracked open a video while you're talking there because I just get it. I just I just got getting so excited. I just had to see it, the video of it playing again, and, and now I'm even double excited. Uh, honestly, this game is going to you know as uh, the Alluvian boys like to say, melt faces. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's being, it's, literally, uh, <laughs> literally, literally, it's it's um you know like it's it's a uh, you know you've got the right people in building it. It's the um you know like it's the right vision from what we're hearing so far. It's it's really exciting. So we'll be rooting for you, doing our best to make sure everyone you know gets involved and knows about it um in the middle in com community. So how how is the game progressing in development wise? Are we is there any time frames on it like what we're looking at for a release kind of thing yet, or is it just still too early for for that? 
Sure. So currently we're looking at uh, a late 2025 release uh, in full, uh, but uh, we are looking to go into early access next year. Um, hopefully it'll be early next year. Uh, so please stand by for more information on that. Uh, that early access will you know, initially be uh, a whitelisted uh, entry into it. So, you know, for any of our kind of early, uh, our earliest NFT purchasers, our earliest token purchasers, uh, they'll probably be the first uh, in line to be able to play it. Uh, but, you know, uh, as with uh, uh, most early access and beta programs, we'll slowly open it up to more and more people until we get to an open beta state and then full release. So, uh, yeah, hopefully if we can, uh, you know, get everything uh, on schedule uh, and on time. Uh, yeah, we are looking at a, a, a late uh, 2025 release for that. And so right now I would say, um, and you know, we mentioned this uh, uh, during the YGG event last week as well, but uh, I would say, I'd say somewhere in between like five and 7% completion. So we've got a lot to work, a lot of work to do. It takes a lot of stuff to make a, make a large game. So, yeah. Well, that's good news in a way, like because you're not releasing next year, um, you've got a chance of winning the best game for the Game 3 Awards. Seem, seems that you have to not release the game and be in, and be in beta to win Game of the Year in that game. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think I saw that same post, like all the games right now are like not released. <laughs> I was thinking that. Oh, mate, I actually made a comment. I made a comment saying it should be called the Beta Games Award, which is was a pun. Was a pun in beta, beta being ksh. <laughs> sorry get going wt carry no on problem no it was good it was, worth it. it was worth it it was worth it uh immutable x has really shifted their focus to the uh, asian market specifically japan hong kong vietnam korea why is it that you guys uh chose to go with immutable x sure um so i think um you know, when we started looking at, you know, what chains we could be on and, and I had been, you know, starting to uh, talk with a lot of the major chains and stuff like that. You know, when we, when we, you know, started considering what chain we could be at, we, we really kind of thought about two aspects of it. Uh, the first part of it was obviously technical. Um, could it support the vision that we wanted for our game? Uh, what kind of technologies did the chain have to kind of support our vision? Uh, and, uh, yeah, um, what, what was their kind of roadmap strategy looking like? So, so those were the kind of things we were looking at firstly. The second thing was, um, we were thinking about community. So, um, I do believe that, uh, chains do have a very large, um, effect, uh, and responsibility to bring in like the community at some level, uh, and to share that community amongst all the, uh, the projects that they have on their chain. Um, so we really wanted to work with a chain that uh, we thought could provide that support there, um, because you know obviously as a as a as a nascent company and and, and game title uh, we needed all the support we can get. Um, so one of the great things about uh, Immutable is that you know they have uh, a, a great team of folks uh, there to just to support the developers, right? Mm -hmm. um, they have a team of biz dev, they have a team of supports. You know, I have a, I have a specific support guy that's on you know that I talk with on a weekly basis, uh, um, you know, amongst all the other guys that I talk to on a regular basis um, there. So uh, they, they're, they're very helpful. Uh, you know, they're there to help cultivate the community. You know, the, the largest post, you know, the largest engagement, you know, we got after we opened up the sources was the post from Immutable actually. <laughs> um, they posted our, our trailer uh, and it was like, yeah, it was probably one of the largest engagements that we saw. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think from those perspectives, uh, you know, great company, 
Um, I would also, you know, uh, add that, you know, when we first elected uh, Immunable, we were not aware of their ZKVM strategy. But uh, I, I think loosely, I had been hearing some rumors and some things about that. And I go, okay, there's something you guys aren't telling me, right? It's like, <laughs> but we can't tell you, but kind of thing. So, um, <laughs> so I knew something was happening there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, cats out of the bag, you know, they're, they, they're using the Polygon ZKVM. Mm -hmm. uh, and that just really kind of further accelerated, um, you know, uh, our, our stance on, you know, uh, the fact that we believe that this is probably one of the uh, the best uh, platforms to be on uh, as a game, uh, you know, not to mention all the other things that they have on the side, like you know, checkout and passport, and and I'm really excited about passport too, actually, because um, oh, yeah. uh, you know I, I talk to that team a lot about you know what kind of future things we'd like to see in it and stuff like that, and I do think it can be you know especially the the passport wallet, I, I think wallets as a whole, but especially with passport, that those can be kind of uh, portals. Uh, to uh, larger communities, um, just as in the way that, you know, Amazon has a recommendation engine, you know, your passport wallet might be the portal to uh, other games that you might see on Immutable, things like that. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, possibilities there uh, in terms of growth uh, of the communities there. And, and I'm really excited about those things as well. So I, I think just in total, yeah, they're, they're doing a really great job. Uh, and, and there are other chains that are doing great jobs too. So, you know, nothing taken from any of those other guys. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we do think uh, that the immutable uh, uh, community is going to be uh, really one of the great communities. So Yeah. And Passport is going to be more than, be more than just a wallet. Um, you know, I've done some some in, uh, what research kind of tra t testing of product of the product. It's a lot more than a wallet and a lot more than just a single sign-on or a you know identity. It's 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 you know think think Steam, um, the Steam of yeah. That's know, a great yeah. analogy. Yeah, that's a you great know, like, analogy. So like things like in-game quests that show up in your in your in your profile and things like that mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. nothing to do with the chain at all just and then friends and things like that so um and also the gamestop relationship i swear there's something coming big with gamestop with it like with passport and player i believe there's going to be some i believe gonna, which is my speculation i'm not in the know but there's some kind of you know in you know speculation that sorry I've got a hunch that there's something joint coming out with that somewhere. Hmm. And, Ooh, rumors and speculation. And GameStop's got a huge community of uh, followers, so huge. I want to touch on yeah. one thing, uh, something that you said that really resonated with me. Uh, you talked about being able to talk to somebody, and in this space we have not had any good customer support. It's always been like, go to their Twitter, go to their Discord, go to their Telegram, and hopefully you're talking to somebody that's not scamming you. you got to triple check everything. But you talked about having the ability to talk to a real deal person from the company. And I think that's sorely missed from this space. And I love hearing you say that about IMX. Yeah, I think it's actually one of their strengths. I mean, they just have a really, uh, they, you know, Robbie has set up his company to be in support of developers. And when he says that, you know, I, I firsthand truly believe that because that's exactly what we're getting. Um, so, you know, obviously there's no perfect company and all of that, but I do think, um, yeah, developer support. And, and even when you look historically, you know, back at, you know, Web 2 platforms like, you know, PlayStation or Xbox or whatever it is, 
you know, when you're a developer that's really kind of invested heavy in those platforms, at some level, you kind of expect that support because otherwise, how are you going to win, right? Because um, they have all the information and you're just a developer. If they're not divulging that information upon you, well, then how are you going to succeed on that on that platform, right? So right. If, if they truly care about having good games on it, um, then they need to, you know, they need to defend and support their, um, plat uh, their developers. And the only way to do that is through that kind of communication and that, that, that they do have those people there they're set up and they have all the tools that they need to support us. That's a great thing. So I, I, I can't speak more highly about that, uh, about that aspect of, of Immutable. Yeah, you, you hear sometimes the opposite to that though. And that's because they've got so many people wanting to build on them and there are a limited number of employees. And so the fact that you're getting that kind of service to me shows that how highly they think of you, that you, that you haven't even... You know, there's no complaints there at all because um, there are sometimes complaints, especially from the, the more indie style games with two or three devs, you know, they won't get the instantaneous responses and things as quickly. The guys just can't do it. They just don't have the number of employees to do it. So sorry to to put a bit of negativity into that conversation, but we want to be real here as well. Like there are there because there are complaints sometimes from people about this aspect. And just want to sure. No, I, I totally get that, and I can, I can, I can totally uh, empathize with that because um, you know I've been in those situations before too. And you know when, when I was complaining, you know why? How come EA and Activision get all the support? And you know, <laughs> <laughs> billions like, and well, billions. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> billions and um, billions so, and billions of dollars worth of reasons. But um, yeah. So I, I, I've definitely been on both sides. So yeah, I understand. <laughs> So I'll ask the next question while we're on this kind of negativity sort of thing. Um, what is something that Immutable could do better from your perspective, if there is anything? I mean, I think as a company, you know, it's it's really kind of hard to fault that. I'm sure there's lots of things that they know that they, they can do better and things like that, you know, like supporting indie devs better and, and things like that. Mm. I think some of their uh, technology still needs some work, you know, and, and I'm sure that'll be coming up. So I, I don't really see that as a problem. Uh, it's more just the state of things right now, and and, and that's totally fine. Um, I, I am looking forward again, you know, to uh, Immutable as a platform, uh, continuing to have uh, and create technologies that are going to cultivate the community. Um, because as I mentioned earlier, you know, it's one of the big reasons why we, you know, it was a big selection criteria as to what chains we wanted to, you know, consider. Um, so, you know, I, I don't have a lot negative to, to talk about them because, again, for me, it's, for us, it's been uh, very, very positive. They, they've just helped us in almost pretty much every aspect of stuff. Besides that, I would, I would say, mm, yeah, just uh, let's just keep trucking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, actually, before you ask your question, Deputy, I wanted to make uh, an announcement, actually, based on what something you said there about um, building out the community, you know, for, keep on doing that. So Immutable is announcing um, to intake two of their um, Heroes program. So any creators out there mm. that want to get on board with Immutable and start, you know, learning about it and sharing it with their communities, it's, um, it's, it's now open again. Um, also, uh, Gamers Galaxy's Discord is just being worked on today by myself. It's almost ready. Uh, it's going to be open up to the public and... It's going to be an immutable focus uh, content um, environment where 
anyone gamers come and it's going to have token t- discussions as well and talking about releases alpha um sharing content pieces from all kinds of creators and also um you know just bringing the alpha because we do get a lot of the alpha early at here at gamers galaxy so you know we create the environment where people can come and get it early um compete for prizes we get offer, offers for prizes so we're going to have them on the Discord so and start to build out a immutable focused gaming community. So thought that was a good time to put that in there. Thanks for that leading that in there, um, Kiyoshi. <laughs> uh, uh, anytime I can be supportive. Super, Thanks, super mate. exciting stuff. Uh, man, the amount of information we gather today. All right. Rubik, you got anything to ask else or is it time to get to the fun stuff? Um, I just wanted to... Like, is there anything about the game itself? Let's go back there one last chance. I actually, actually, I did want to ask one more question as well. Okay. Um, but before we do, what, is there anything else about the game that you haven't said that we you really wanted to get across um, to get us more even more excited than what we are? Yeah, I, I think there's maybe one other thing that uh, uh, we'd like to mention, other than what's kind of already out there on the trailer and, and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, one of the things that's really great about mechs, and one of the things I really enjoyed about Mech Warrior, is the level of customization you can, you know, employ on it. Because, like, if, if you've ever done a, like a, if you've ever built a Mech Warrior, it's pretty involved, right? I mean, you've got all those slots. It's like you got, you know, like, you know, coolants and, and you know, thrusters. And, and there's, like, just a whole bunch of stuff you can do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and that's the cool thing about mechs is that, that it's very granular and you can do all these, like, kind of, you know, nerd out and geek out on, on, on building the ultimate mech. Um, so we, you know, although we can't uh, make any kind of uh, detailed announcements yet, um I really uh, uh, encourage players to look forward to our kind of mech customization engine. It's going to be very, very extensive. I will just say for now, we're probably looking at something between like on average 50 to 100 points of customization per mech. Uh, And you kind of put that all together in this very, I will just roughly say physically based. uh, It's almost a simulation environment in and of itself which is how it kind of balances itself out. But um, it's very, very extensive. Uh, and, uh, you know, um, me being a car guy, you know, if, you, uh, if you're a car guy uh, and, you know, you're looking at, like, uh, the latest supercars that are coming out from companies like Ferrari or Lamborghini or Aston Martin or something like that, they typically have this thing called a configurator, right? Where it's like, oh, the new Ferrari came out. There's a, there's a f- configurator for it. So... And what's cool about that is like, you know, guys like me, I can't buy a Ferrari, but I can totally like kind of dream and geek out on, oh, like, what would it be like if I, you know, put this paint on with these rims and the interior like this and like, oh, look at this customization. You know, you're just totally geeking out all all this stuff and, you know, although you can't buy it. (laughs) But um, that's essentially what we're going to be doing. We're going to have like very um, extensive, hopefully user-friendly tools um and i I can't uh expound on how this is going to happen exactly um uh, we'll make announcements uh, in the future but i will say that um yeah players are going to be able to access uh these kind of tools uh to essentially geek out on their kind of dream build for a mech um and uh you know as you kind of progress through your journey in dark machine about understanding you know, what play style works well for you as an individual player, 
you'll probably start to consider, you know, these kind of finer details of, well, what if I, you know, allocate a little bit more here, take a, a, a bit uh, uh, off of here, uh, and, and what would happen kind of thing, right? So um, these are the things that I think, again, you know, being in the mech genre just allows us to have this kind of granular customization that would not make sense, uh, you know, any other place. But for us, uh, and especially, again, I, I go back to kind of, Web three and uh, you know although you know in the Web two space the the N, the word NFT is is a little bit frowned upon I get it but for us I think actually that technology container uh, it's a great container to really kind of house the things that we want to do for the customization aspect uh, of these mechs and so yeah uh, please stay tuned for that uh, really it's a, it's an exciting part of what we're building it's actually a very large part of what we're building uh, as well, too. So, um, yeah, I, I'm really uh, looking forward to making uh, some of those future announcements. <laughs> so ownership of full full ownership of that of that customization as well. Oh, uh, uh, OK, so yes, but <laughs> dot, dot, dot. So, yeah, future, future announcements to come. <laughs> I, I, I seen well, that coming. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> amazing yes, stuff it'll amazing. Be interesting interesting oh no i think i know what you mean um i bet i won't spoil it wt are, you, are we moving on to the fun stuff or actually I, I did want to ask one more question before we move on to the fun stuff i thought you had one so i was waiting <laughs> yeah it's um what's the best game you've ever made in your opinion i was gonna meant to ask that at the end of your introduction to yourself but i thought it didn't really flow on properly when it's not really flowing on right now but i'm just very curious <laughs> what, what, what do you think's the best game before you made this you know dark machine's going to be the best game what one before this one sure yeah i mean hopefully you know the newest game is always the best game but um i would say for myself i'm probably uh, I, the, the highest scoring game that i've ever built um, which was probably uh, one of the best selling that I've ever built as all as, as probably the most critically um, uh, scored game as well is a game uh, I originally uh, uh, built and designed for the Nintendo DS if you if any of you remember that oh, yeah. uh, you know double screen uh, game machine uh, mm -hmm. it was a game called uh, Osu Tatakai Oendan uh, in uh, in North American Europe, it was called Elite Beat Agents. Uh, it was a rhythm game uh, that you used the, uh, uh, back then there was a pen that came with the DS and you would use that to tap on the bottom screen, which is a touch screen uh, and to hit the marks. Uh, so there is a, a, a PC game called Osu that was essentially derived uh, uh, straight out of that game. Um, and still there's a humongous community around Osu right now. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say that's probably one of the games I'm most well known for, I guess. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, again, you know, I always feel like the, the game I'm working on right now is always going to be my best game. <laughs> so <laughs> nice. um, yeah, so it's hard, hard, hard question to answer. But yeah, that would that, I guess that would be kind of my my cop out answer. Just went into a time machine. He's talking about Nintendo DS and the pen and the dual screen. Oh, good times. Yeah, good times. <laughs> yeah. I'm dating myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I think we all are here. But uh, yeah, so we go into this segment here. We're going to ask you uh, 10 questions in 60 seconds. And I'll, it's a very generic question. And you just give us a one-word answer. If you don't want to answer, then don't answer. Just say pass. And I'll move on to the next one. You ready to do this? 
Uh, as ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. Do you prefer to watch sports, or would you rather watch an eSports stream? Oh, that's a difficult one. Um, oh, that's a difficult one. Um, <laughs> maybe sports right now because it's the last – it's it's Abu Dhabi. It's the final race of Formula One today. So gotcha. I have to say at the moment it's Formula One, but typically it would probably be an eSports stream. Okay. All right. Do you prefer to play sports or would you rather play video games? I'll play video games. Okay. But I do a lot of play. I, I, do, I play a lot of sports too. All right. Favorite sport and favorite video game? Uh, favorite sport would have to be right now golf. I'm a big golfer. Mm. Uh, favorite video game right now, CS2. Ooh, okay. Popular one. Messi or Ronaldo? Oh, Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Xbox, PlayStation, or PC? Which one's your favorite? Oh, right now, PC. Awesome. Are you more into books or movies? Movies. Nice. Ah, yeah, movies. Nice. <laughs> What's uh? What's your what's your current uh, favorite book, or it could be all time favorite book, and current or all time favorite movie. So I'm reading uh, Walter Isaacson's uh, Elon Musk book right now, and I'm <laughs> finding it very interesting. Um, <laughs> about halfway through that right now, so I look forward to finishing that one. Uh, mm. In terms of movie, you ask all time favorite, or it could be current, either one current all-time. All, all I'll say one of my favorite movies of this year had to be Top Gun Maverick. Um, uh, I, I am a child of that era, and uh, I was very worried when you know they initially announced that there would be a sequel. Um, but, uh, you know, through the darkness of COVID, Top Gun Maverick came out, and uh, <laughs> I just genuinely enjoyed myself. So uh, I actually saw it three times in the theater, which I typically don't do. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, had to be one of my favorites of this year. All right. Ferrari or Lamborghini? Oh. You pain me. Um <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> today, today ferrari today oh i love this oh. favorite ice cream flavor vanilla oh okay was not expecting that <laughs> my favorite question out of all this one word to describe elon musk pain <laughs> It's the best question. We get the best answers. <laughs> oh, pain. I, 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 I am a. I will say this. I am a huge fan of Elon Musk. Uh, I I followed him uh, from the beginning, uh, and I I continue to be enamored with him. Um, you know, I was just uh, you know in, in you know reading the Walter Isaacson book, you know. It really kind of gets you thinking about, um, you know, the balance of human beings. Like, what makes him able to do the things he does? And when you think about, you know, kind of his early childhood, his background, things like that. And, well, can you take that out 
will it still be the same guy? It's kind of like, no, mm. um, his pain is part of his journey. Uh, and it's what kind of makes him great at some level. And I, and I would imagine he probably doesn't like to hear that, but at the same time, I'm sure he understands it. Um, so I do think that, uh, you know, people that are doing truly great things uh, at some level have or are experiencing some great pain um and uh yeah it's a it's a difficult thing to you know balance out uh, in one's life but uh uh it does make it interesting and it, and it uh and it allows for interesting uh characters and entrepreneurs uh in in our world so uh if anything i'm just very thankful for you know his existence uh, guys like steve jobs etc etc walt mm. disney and i'm a big fan of all you know epic making people that uh really changed our lives uh for the better uh and uh yeah i i uh you know I just want to try to play my part <laughs> for society and hopefully I can make it just a little bit better. So very yeah. nice. This is awesome. My Last wife, question. Oh, sorry. Go there's ahead. Another one. There's another one. No, there's, there's another one. So I was yeah. just going to say that my wife just bought me uh, for Christmas, the Isaac um, Walter book for Elon Musk. Big fan of him as well, as well as, as WT knows. Um, just obviously I've been following him before when he was a Democrat and now that he's a Republican. So I've seen, <laughs> I've seen that the hate come from the Republicans towards him to and swift towards the Democrats towards him. So because, because of his political stance, but, um, I, I, take that away. What he's achieved is nothing short of phenomenal. And I just watched the Starship launch, Starship version two launch the other day. It was day amazing. It's it unbelievable. Yeah. It just brings so much. If you just can't understand what he's been when doing none of the, when, when all of the raptor rockets were firing and there were none out i was just like he did it this is it. Yeah, like, yeah, damn. Yeah, yeah unbelievable yeah. it's yeah. just uh you know it's just it's just a great time to be alive and put all that if regardless of your politics you cannot deny that he's just a what he's achieved is phenomenal and he's so freaking it's, it's amazing yeah it's, it's fascinating so i can't really um, yeah. i can't really put a label on him I, I don't really see him as a democrat or republican to be honest with you i just can't it just well, He's, he's just a moderate, just like most of yeah, us. Actually. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a human being. I mean, come on. All right. Exactly. Last question. <laughs> last question in the in our last of ten and sixty seconds here. That's that's <laughs> that's just hilarious. This is so awesome. Sorry about that. No, no, no. Don't apologize. Heck no. This was great. I can't wait to edit this. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, video game that popped your cherry. Um. Ooh, what? Uh, <laughs> breakout. <laughs> and, and, and I have a little bit of a story behind this, actually. Great, tell us. Um, so, you know, before any of you guys could probably even remember, uh, this was before the Atari 2600, actually. Atari used to make um, game consoles that were cartridgeless. And essentially, what, the, what those were where they had ROMs in them, uh, and you could select from like eight, 10 games, I forget what number it was, but you know, the controls are on the console already, and you can choose from the games like Pinball, Breakout, stuff like this. There was a Breakout on this Atari, you know, 10 game specific console that my parents got. I don't know why they did this, but uh, they did. And I used to play that thing like 
crazy and it was actually <laughs> my first foray into games uh i had never you know known what a video game was before that and uh and ever since then uh it you was, know here i am about... <laughs> yeah yeah so i would i would have to say that that would be the thing amazing Ah, oh, this has been a uh, really awesome episode. Um, really enjoyed the chat. Is there anything you want to leave us with before we uh, let you go and watch the Formula One? <laughs> um, yeah, I got to hurry back. Um, no, uh, so um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Again, thanks for having me. It was great talking with you guys. Um, yeah, you know, we just really uh, started our socials literally this week uh, on Dark Machine. Uh, so, you know, we're building up our community as we go. So, uh, you know, uh, right now we're kind of uh, focused on X slash Twitter right now. Uh, so if you guys can follow us there at Dark Machine Game, I uh, would super appreciate it. Uh, and, yeah, just please look out for more information. Uh, you know, what we talked about today was really just kind of the uh, the, the beginning, the entry point uh, to uh, what hopefully will be uh, some exciting things around Dark Machine coming out. So uh, please stay tuned. And, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, hearing me out. Awesome. I want to thank you for coming on today. Um, Dark Machine, in my opinion, and I'm not just saying this, this is a massive sleeper, and we're going to do our best to get the word out for you guys. We'll put the links down below uh, with the audio and video that we'll eventually be putting out for this. You, my friend, are in an elite class of interviewers uh, or speakers, whatever you want to call it. I've done uh, quite a few of these now, and there's only three others that I've done that I, I kind of like we put a dollar in and you give us back a hundred dollars. We have an organized uh, organized outline of what we try to do, but I can tell, and I'm sure Rubik could too, that we just let you go, and it's you make it so easy with all the information, mm-hmm. how prepared you are, how well you speak, and how personable you are. And I'm not just saying that. This is uh, this is a been a great experience for me, and thanks for coming on with us today. Yeah. Oh, thank you for your kind words. Uh, appreciate it. No, it's really enjoyable, mate. And I actually feel like we're quite aligned. I'm into Formula One. I'm into sports. I like esports. I play games. I wanted to be a game developer when I grew up. I actually fell back into IT recently, become a developer because of games. So we've had we've got a similar storyline, except I never, I never, I actually never made it as a games developer. So a bit jealous of you, mate. But um, pleasure. Oh, it's having... never too late. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, this is this is me. This is my contribution to gaming. You know, spreading the word about great games. And uh, you're at 752 followers today. A couple a week ago, when I saw your release, I, I tweeted out, and you went from 70 to 150 in no time and now you're up to 750 so it's grown quickly you'll be at 20,000 in by easily. the end of the year i promise you that easily, easily. so yeah we're uh, we're working on building up the community right now so uh, all the support we can get we we truly truly do appreciate it and, and and yeah we hope to really give back to our community so thanks mate thanks for coming on thanks for having right. me wow that was absolutely amazing with Dark Machine, uh, Rubik, I, I know you are probably just uh, blown away by everything we just went through. Uh, talk me through it. What, what's your thoughts? Well, there's a lot of alpha in there, wasn't there? A lot of um, things mm-hmm. we weren't expecting. Um, you know, you've already mentioned he was a great communicator, which is really good for a podcast. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the esports side of it, um, that they're really pushing for that. They build the YouTube of uh, Web3. So what does that mean? It sounds like a little bit like decentralized, um, you said decent- democratized esports and viewing. 
it's a paid for viewing i'd say um you know like properly um you know and adverts things like that um but yeah a lot of people have tried to bring crypto into esports before and been savaged by the the audience they're they're the most vehement anti-nft people esports people um because they just had so many tokens dumped you know sponsors in during events and stuff and mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of them are scams so it's, it's going to be hard for him to crack through that i'll be honest with you um but if the best way to do it is we make an awesome game and that's the thing i took away from this interview this game's going to be awesome you can just tell can't you yeah i the this is one of those ones where everything points to yes this needs to be esports for sure there's a lot of games out there that like want to get in esports just for the volume alone but their model doesn't make sense this one makes sense and with it what he was talking about being on youtube there's a project called uh karate out there and what they do is they have their own token and you have to pay in karate to watch their fights. They're, it's like a UFC crypto version. And also, you can bet your karate on which fighter you're going, you think is going to make it out. And I don't know if they have those plans. I'm just, my wheels are turning that, yeah, if they, if they have their own in-house token, which we don't know yet, it says just soon on their website, um, that is a option if they want to look into it and just this just makes sense the 7v7 uh, team mechs uh, they called it uh oh man what was it esports team-based mechs you know i i love it yeah. i absolutely love it he loves mechs doesn't he <laughs> yeah he loves mech it's a popular it's a popular <laughs> genre i'm surprised someone else hasn't done it being japanese um you know uh, and you know the destructible environments you know being both scripted and a little bit of like dynamic so you know like doesn't matter where you blow the pipe up at lava it's you know that one we see the lava seems like it might be completely scripted like you, you someone does something and then it triggers that event and it happens then that's the same kind of thing that happens and he said the reason why they couldn't do it that kind of big event is because it'll melt uh, graphics drivers um and no one be able to play the game except the, the <laughs> so it makes sense i didn't think of that but um you know we we'll hopefully get to technology soon that can handle that kind of stuff but there will we'll be interesting to see where they mix it in the in the destructible dynamic destruction versus the event-based um destruction where it's you know scripted and it's the same thing each time but yeah like you just they seem to also the the, the the unique um damage to different spots on on the on the mechs you know mm -hmm. building up and um you mentioned that like the mma sort of thing and also the um you know the nft side of it with the highly customizable mechs so that'll be interesting to see what they do there i, I kind of think they're going to do that you won't be able to use the mech like you won't just be able to go and buy the most expensive Mac and be able to use it. You'll have to build up through play points, be able to, to qualify as a player to utilize that Mac because it, otherwise it's just pay to win and no one will like that. So. Right. There, there was, <laughs> there was so much information. Like I wasn't expecting to get that much plethora of information and I'm so grateful we did. And it kills me. Like, we were talking about all this cool stuff with targeting of, of certain areas that will have negative consequences and all the the strategy involved. 
it's not just uh, robots that are pew-pewing. There's actual strategy to this, which will add a whole different element to it. And we forgot to really, I mean, it was talked about, but we kind of, we were so enamored with all this other really cool stuff. One of the biggest highlights of this game, we didn't really hit it really hard. You can get really big, like this giant, like mega robot with all these other little robots fighting it. Uh, uh, just there's so many aspects of this, this mech style game that I'm looking forward to. Dark Machine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we've all Dark Machine out for now. So um, unless you've got more points to add to it, I think we should move on to the next part. But that mm -hmm. was exciting. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, uh, uh, quite, oh, I forgot to mention one last thing. The in the questions leading up to the ten fast questions where. He, um, he mentioned Elon Musk before the Elon Musk question. I was like, both of you and I were like, what? <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is aligning perfect. That question, it gets, gets the best answers out of people. Pain. It's a great one. <laughs> Pain. <laughs> so true. Love it. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, but let's talk about the new partnerships that were announced this week. Um, uh, it looks like there's been Citizen three. Conflict? Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah, that's one of them. Um, you know, a hundred. It's a team-based, another hero shooter, team-based. Uh, I think it's first, is it first and third person? What did you, what did you take away from it? Uh, boy, my computer is loading slowly. I will have to edit this out. Hold on. So, so. All right, go ahead. Um, yeah, that's cool. Um, so. It's got 163,000 followers. It's got a big following on uh, on, on Twitter and or X. And it's on BNB at the moment. I'm um, not sure if it's going to be multi-chain or come over to Mutable. Um, but they get 20,000 players on it uh, per day sometimes. Like, and uh, it's only an alpha. So it's it's been pretty um, successful. I actually got reached out to them. They reached out to me to go play the, in, a, in a group. But I just, I'm not that kind of, like they, because they saw me writing on Twitter about games and stuff. I, I don't really, I'm not very good at shooters, so I'm not going to go and make a team of shooters and get slaughtered, you know, because I'm because I'm the anchor. But um, yeah, it's a pretty good graphics um, shooter. I'm not sure if it's first or third, and big following. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see, um, you know, if it's a movement, a migration, or a multi-chain change. Yeah, it looks very clean, uh, super slick website, kind of. Kind of feels like an advanced, cleaned-up version of Fortnite. Not that Fortnite is ugly, but just looking at it, uh, the the way that the the characters are moving, uh, everything is really crisp. Uh, I'm curious. This feels like Unreal Engine. This sort of feels like by looking at this, if I had to guess. Um, oh, yeah, hundred percent. Lot of followers, crazy number, one hundred sixty-four thousand followers. Like you said, whoa. And now mine's loading. I thought it was off. <laughs> I was just looking at it on the screen. So if you heard that, apologies. And uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, very. I, I, I'm glad Immutable is picking up this. This is the kind of games I want to see. The, 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 this reeks of quality without even getting to play it yet. But looks like it's it's got the chops to get the job done. Yeah, it's a third person by the looks of it. Um, anyway, so. It's most people know about it, but the next one was a funny announcement. Um, it's poon poon chicks. Yeah, I know. I know a little bit. I know. <laughs> poon chicks is 
like when you poon someone, it's like you, um, you know, you kill them in a game. It's that's an old old school term. Mm, okay. I believe it's I believe, yeah. When you're pooning someone, it's like my, my generation used to say that's what you, in gaming you used to you, you're killing them very you you're killing them or you're destroying them. Um, but the game is a, a like a battle royale where abused toys uh, get revenge on their owners. <laughs> Pretty cool uh, concept in a battle royale style game. Mm-hmm. And so you you can you play a character. It's also in Unreal Five for sure. It looks really great graphics. It's amazing graphics. I believe it's a Turkish developer. I've known about this game for about um, probably three months, but it was told to me by um, another another creator that's kind of invested in it, um, mm-hmm. Yoda Labs. And uh, I there's the episode where I've got ten um, games of who I mixed. I think it was two or three, maybe four or five ago, where I had a, a game where it was a the a, in the image where i cut a bit of the image out of one of the games saying this is for proof that i know about this game coming out to immutable um you'll see it's like a, a frame if you look at the video of the game he's right when they're running through the um through the the, the hallway you'll see a photo on the left or, an, or a framed photo that's what i took a screenshot of and put it into the into the thing i so you want to want to fact check ah, okay <laughs> um but yeah interesting one um it's it's uh got 10 what did you th- did you do any, know anything about it or uh it's it's got that definite quirky feel to it when i first read the name uh poon's got a different meaning over here in the u.s so i was like huh <laughs> but it's definitely not that it's uh almost okay. kind of blanco's block party feel to it from what i can see without playing it but it's definitely not the same uh, i like the the theme that you brought up about, you know, abused toys. <laughs> it just it makes me laugh. And I like games that make me laugh. Uh 70 7400 followers, not 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 crazy high, but not crazy low, so a decent amount of traction. Maybe I got that wrong because it's Ponchicks, not Poonchicks. I've written it down wrong, but in on their website it says Ponchicks, so maybe it's Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Pooning just... someone like but back, you know, the, the, I know what word you're talking about, and it does mean that as well. But when you poon someone, it was actually like, you know, blowing them up uh, ah, in a game. So. Okay, yeah. Now I'm noticing the name. Right. Yeah, that's all right. Little gaffs. That's <laughs> <Okay>. all right. <laughs> oh, good. That's an exclusive to Immutable, I believe. Um, the next one as well, Blade of God X, mm-hmm. uh, is exclusive. Um, this one looks really awesome. Yes, yeah. It's um. It's a big one. Let's have a look at their website and see if they've got um, um, they're they're. What do you know about them? Uh, it's a, a cutting edge three A action RPG with a dedicated fan base of six million. That's what I the the six million right there. When I seen that, my eyes lit up. I was like, oh, really? Um, mm. extremely amazing graphics on this. Another quality looking game. I did notice they get their Discord is closed. I was like, no, why? I want to get in. I want to see more. Yeah. Um, this one, uh, I felt like Immutable was really proud to get this one. And I didn't get why until I started looking at the website and looking around. This this feels like another sleeper. This feels like another sleeper that might be lurking. So this is one I'm definitely going to be watching. Yeah. They're, so they're, this is the third game of the franchise. They've... Um so they're pivoting in this one into blockchain um it's going to be on zkevm i believe not mm-hmm. um makes sense not on 
they're also another big thing about them is that part with exterior so exterior is by that guy that's making that uh, jeremy horn who's making um overworld or overlord overworld overworld okay they're about to do a drop and they're kind of like got block lords but they've got really high quality games that they um like they're they're like a mutable better publisher so they're publishing this game for them mm-hmm. and they also took 15 million dollars from bnb and all their games have come out on bnb so far so it's it's um i was like that was bad news for Immutable when they when that happened because there's some they, they seem to win a lot of really high quality games to publish, mm-hmm. um, and so they don't build them. They build two games themselves, Paleo and Overworld, I believe. But the other games they publish, which is like you know, the marketing side of it, and they they invest into the game and take a share of the profits of, of the long term, but, but by being the marketer. And that even though if they were if they were locked into B and B and this looks like it's not that they can still go outside of BNB with their games because this is an exclusive to Immutable um, that's being made clear. So, but yeah, um, nice research there, very it, nice. Yeah, I like I like that because I do like Exterio as a company, and to have some of their games come out in Immutable would be great. Um, yeah, and but yeah, it's an ARPG. It's got it's had eight million players play their first two games. Mm-hmm. So they've got two hundred thirty-one thousand signups for the next for the register for their playtest that's coming up soon. So not yeah. many. Seen that there? Not yeah. man. I, I I would expect that number to be a little higher. It's still high. Don't get me wrong. It's still high. But I expect it to be a little bit higher for this quality of looking game and how many eyes they have on their overall project. But I'm sure that's going to go up as this gets closer to coming out. Oh, I this isn't this is the register for, for uh, like their Twitter hasn't even got a blue check next to it, mate, and they've only got twelve thousand followers. So I said, so it's a sleeper, man. This is a sleeper. Yeah, like, <laughs> like they, they, they don't they haven't marketed it yet, mate. They've yep. got the Discord closed. It's because there's probably people trying to get into it. Like, um, you know, they're not worried. Um, they're not. You know, this is this is you know what i mean like it's not like they're desperate to get people to play it. they predicted to do five million downloads in the first year of the game so crazy and looking at the graph you've seen the graphics of it it's a mobile yeah. as well oh i didn't the see graphics that was... are like you said it's a moba yeah. as well or mobile mobile on oh, mobile wow. so it's like amazing graphics on mobile arpg awesome fights um you know like it's like it's like again another gog Another reason why GOG didn't need to be made and why the, why the, why the pivot was the right move. Right. Yeah, yeah. if you see this out there, yeah. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> oh, man. man. This game, it's, ama- it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the, I've been watching it, the video, all the videos. Um, I can't wait to play this one. This is the, you know, the Japanese style, but not the too hardcore Japanese. It's like a little bit over the top stuff, but not way, way, way over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to this one big time. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. The the graphics alone will catch your eye. And I, I thought I thought for sure this was going to be just computer. I didn't see that it was going to be mobile. But with it being mobile, like now now my my interest was already peaked before. Now it's really <laughs> even more like okay. There there's so many quality games that have been out recently on the platform. Uh, I, how am I going to keep up with them all? I mean, whew, looking good, looking good. Uh, I see that they've got Galacto Manager coming. Uh, 
I, I like seeing the sports. I want to see more sports games come just for the sole fact of how big I know the gambling genre is going to be with the NFT space. And I think uh, Immutable knows that. And they'll probably tap into it. Not that this is just strictly for gambling, but it's a Web 3.0 football manager experience with play and earn own features. Reminds me a lot of what uh, DraftKings is building with their, oh, what was it called? Rainmaker? They got a they got an NFT platform called Rainmaker. It kind of reminds me of that, Galacto Manager. It's based off of uh, football, or as us dummies of the U.S. call it, soccer. And, uh, soccer? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I always wonder that that difference between the world and us. Like, we have a pigskin football that gets thrown in the air, but the rest of the world calls football the thing that you kick. I don't know. That just blows me oh, away. No. Australia's the same as you, mate. We've got four codes of football, um, and all most Australians, well, traditional Australians born, you know, come from European traditional Australians is what I mean. Mm-hmm. They, call it, they call it soccer here as well. Um, unless they're from recent arrivals from europe um but yeah um and we've got afl rugby union and rugby league that are called football so we we're my my favorite game is football um i played it my whole life uh don't like watching it as much as playing it but it's you know it's um yeah it's a um big sport in the world galactico manager i think galactico is like um spanish name for spanish word galacticos mm-hmm. it's like a something i believe that's where it comes from it's so you are built you'll get cards players and and build a team and then compete in leagues and then the actual game is played live on your phone and you can watch it and you can interject with with strategy during throughout the game the ball moves around on the on the on the field you're not mm-hmm. controlling the players the strategy is controlling their movement so how you set strategy and how you tell them how to play the game um, I'm pretty sure you'll be able to individually treat them, uh, to, to, uh, direct them. Like before the game, I want you to go up and down the wing if you're a winger, you know, or you hold back and don't push forward too much. Things like that. Um, it seems like it's going to be real strategical battles, um, football, and yeah, this will be huge in Europe. Like it's massive in football in Europe and the rest of the world actually. Australia and America. Uh, pretty much the only two countries that aren't the number one sport in the world and maybe india as well with cricket they are they possibly Um, going cross chain too i see them posting about the hedera network which uh i was not aware of that's pretty that's pretty impressive there's a huge hedera community out there um oh you're into that is that is hedera um hbar xrp no 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 hbar yeah it's a okay it's complete it's hard to explain we won't get into it but it's 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 crypto but it's like a, a different breed of crypto uh i, I don't even, i can't even wrap my mind completely around it but it's it's a whole other ball of wax and uh, a lot of good things coming out of that project a lot of big players tied to that project but i see that they're uh it looks like they're using it maybe or doing cross chain or something here i think they got a season 23 maybe that's on I, I, I've tried to look up for Galactico's manager 23 mm-hmm. and I've, I've seen, I've seen it on a website, but I couldn't find out how to play it. Um, but yeah, like they write, like, you know, when I told you the other day in our private conversation that, um, this game was part of, uh, Ubisoft, mm-hmm. you know, did you remember that? And, I, and I've looked back now, I forgot to tell you that 
What I got confused is because there's got a post on the November the 15th with Ubisoft in the background and there and the Galactico Manager 24 comes across it. And I didn't read what it said in the, in the tweet, just the, the picture. I went, oh, that's the Ubisoft game that they've got. It's not. They just they do lots of posts about news in the crypto world. And uh, so that's, it's about immutable partnering with, um, with, uh, with Ubisoft. So we don't know the Ubisoft game like I thought I did know. <laughs> oh yeah well there's a lot of information in out there it's tough to it's tough to corral it all sometimes to go back to hedera sorry um yeah i'm not sure if it's going to be cross uh, multi-chain or this is a migration because i did see that hedera thing i couldn't i was just looking for it right now i couldn't find it um be interesting to see if they're you know again they're easy to build chain the We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with all these cross chains and multiple cha multi chain games that are choosing immutable lately. In yeah, I'm gonna have to verify that they're actually gonna try to be on Hedera or not. Maybe they're just posting on it, but it's. I don't see games usually doing that, but who knows? I'm a little can. Maybe they're not marketing or or whatever, but like 3,900 followers seems like a crazy low amount for something that's related to uh, football, global football. It's, it's such a huge. It's the biggest sport in the world you know um yeah no it's uh it'll, it'll be huge there's also another game in immutable very similar to it called el jefe which is like the manager or the boss um in spanish so mm -hmm. two spanish name believe i believe galacticos is spanish i might be wrong but makes um, sense like, super popular down there or no i should say down there uh spain uh where i'm at i say down there because you know mexico yeah, is below me you know and, mean. uh brazil huge in brazil oh my gosh argentina they yeah they go crazy for this sport so yeah and uh, and there's another one now wow please we're getting tired slow down immutable mate we need to get through these episodes <laughs> and talk about things other than games you're winning right. seriously mm -hmm. <laughs> um galactica uh, sorry uh space falcon but the game is called a v aviatrix um i i wasn't able to say, find much about it to be honest with you they're um they're on linear as well i believe which is, um, is it another dual, dual chain or multi-chain or what's going on here? But yeah. I wonder if this is you find one of the hosts that Robbie was talking about 56 games that crossed over from other chains to IMX. I wonder if these last couple of games that we've talked about were part of that 56. Um, I, I don't I know. I've, I've never even heard of that other chain that you were talking about. That's this game. Uh, okay. So sorry, go ahead. Linear Linear's uh consensus. Um it's their gaming it's another ZK EVM. Okay. Um the actual guy we're gonna talk about later on tonight, I believe worked on that chain. Um I believe he worked for consensus and then immutable poached him. Well the word poach is not right, you know, you lured him. Oh, referred. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. So Linear is the another ZK EVM equivalent chain and they're starting to get a little bit of traction, but they're a little bit late to the party and they're not linear is their uh um name that they've renamed it to and i think it's the with the focus of gaming but um yeah they're, they're 86 000 followers that's some that's some hefty numbers right there the game reminds me of an old school game i don't know if you remember it i think it was on uh i want to say it was on sega uh command and conquer you ever play that yeah this is what this reminds me of but like a much more cleaner better looking version but that's what it reminded me of interesting um you, i haven't actually gonna be honest with you i haven't looked into this one um 
you can move uh, horizontal or vertical with your movement and you know you're dodging dodging incoming fire trying to take out things uh it, i i immediately thought man i've played this game before in the in the early late 80s early 90s <laughs> and but this looks pretty cool that's a that? lot of followers on that's a lot of followers for this game it is i've never I know. how many times how do we not know these games like 185,000. I don't know. It's there, there's just so many. We can't. It's like trying to catch trying to catch a uh, a pile of sand. You know. <laughs> yeah, mate. I don't understand how you don't ever see this game ever with 185,000 followers. You think that one person we follow would follow them and post about them once and would see the tweet? You know, like it's right. Yeah. Anyway, keep them coming, buddies. Keep them coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of talking about the games. Um, where I just a little not a thing I want to linger on for too long, but um. Eve, the creators of Eve, CCP, uh, have, have um, said they're going to have their playtest ready for their for the game in December. And the last time I, I heard from them, they said they haven't even decided on the game yet type. So I don't know if I'm reading that right, but uh, it'd be lovely if that game's on Immutable. Um, you know, Catch Eve me up amazing, on this. Uh, I'm drawing blank on Eve CCP. I seen it in the notes and I was scratching my head. I was like, what? What is this? So can you give me a quick synopsis of that one? Have you heard of Eve? Yeah, the that you're talking about the big game Eve. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So CCP's raised forty million um, a couple of months, couple, about six months ago, mm-hmm. to build, and the CCP team is the founder of the Eve loves crypto, and he's made completely isolated team, offered team members to come over to it, um, and got funding from a third party. They're not funded by Eve. It's profit. It's quite profitable. So just so that no one can complain, everyone that doesn't like blockchain can stay on there, uh, on Eve, never ever have to know about it. It's completely segregated. But the founder of Eve is all in on this this blockchain game, for which is in the Eve universe, but they don't know what type of game it's going to be yet. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be an Eve copy. It doesn't even necessarily mean it'd be a space game. It could be a shooting game in space. So, oh, wow. Like, uh, you know what I mean? So they're still... The, the last time I heard was only a month or two ago. They were saying they were still experimenting what they're going to build. Mm-hmm. And just the other day, I can't remember where it is now to bring it up, but he they, he said that the playtests are coming in December, and I believe some people have been selected for it. Um, something about are, are you ready or are you acceptable? I think some of the big follow- creators have been accepted into it. I believe that's what it is for. So that is, that's huge news. Where they build will be will will bring many many gamers because there's Eve's like you know it's renowned as one of the greatest games i've ever made corrects me up we were just talking about how do we not know about this game with 185,000 followers when i seen this in the notes i was like he can't be talking about eve online that giant game <laughs> and i was like no nah, this has got to be something else i'm missing some context here but yeah that, that, that announcement for 40 mil came back like in uh march so it's it's been a minute and like I didn't even know that was going on. There's so much going on in this space and in the IMX platform. It's it's hard to keep up. So, thank you for informing me. It was indeed Eve Online. I, I was not aware of that. <laughs> cool. You already mentioned the next point. That, um, oh well, actually, the next point is breaking down between two layers, which I um, only have really one major point to take from it but um why don't you hit that and then i'll uh, i'll shotgun I'll, I'll wrap up the 40 plus minute uh, episode and hopefully in less than a minute <laughs> what, what cool. was what was your takeaway from that 
Um, just the mention, which you already just mentioned, that 56 of 65 migrations on that report um, mm. moved, moved to Polygon and IMX. Um, and the other one was um, they and they interviewed Gods and Chains executive producer, Daniel Paez. Mm-hmm. He used to be Sparkball's uh, executive producer, if you didn't know that. Um, hmm. A little bit of, little bit of, yeah, I think that's why there was a little bit of tension between Sparkball before it, it um, you know, wrapped. Really? I think Sparkball's actually, yeah, slightly. I, felt, I could sense a little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of, what's, I don't know what, what word to use, just like a little bit of, a few comments that were like, hang on, that's a bit, what's going on here? Is this still coming on out and on Immutable? And then I found out <laughs> afterwards that Daniel Paez was, lured to immutable from sparkball um probably the right decision for daniel because it doesn't look like that um sparkball's being made anymore um been quite quiet for the last three months right anyway anyway um the other major point was in that interview with daniel was the they said that the by the time this interview airs you'll be able to play gods unchained on mobile which it's aired and there's no announcement of mobile yet. So they got the timing wrong on that, but it must mean it's very, very soon. I and thought, considering... is that, that was tied to the Amazon uh, Prime Gaming announcement, wasn't it? Yeah, that was that in there as well. Um, oh, okay. I, I, but the, the mobile release to me is bigger than Amazon Prime Gaming because it's, it's accessibility for, you know, the, all the audiences. Oh, yeah. You know, I've got a mate. Absolutely. I had a massive Hearthstone. One of my real life friends is a Hearthstone player, mm-hmm. um, and he said, I'm, "I'm I'm not playing God." I said, "You can play it on a browser on your phone. I could get it working." He goes, "I'm not going to stuff around. Once it's out on mobile, properly, I'll play it." So, I've got a mate, a, a, a Web two normie mate that's willing, that loves Hearthstone, that is willing to give it a go when it goes live. So, how many other stories are going to be like? You're going to see a rise in Gods Unchained when it gets on, um, goes live. And I think Passport is going to be used to log in in early December. They said so. I think the actual release of mobile will be coordinate correlate with the passport login. So probably we're waiting another five, six days at least. Yeah. That's yeah. my take that's my take. What did you take away from Very good. Uh, yeah, like you you said um about the fifty six games coming over out of sixty five games this year. Uh Robbie says that uh a lot of them were referrals too, which which bodes well for the IMX community. It means that word of mouth amongst the game developers is getting around and you like to see that it's basically uh, a seal of approval by other games when you're trying to uh, adopt or bring in new 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 talent new games a new volume uh, he said that he thinks that number is actually higher though it's probably closer to 90 uh, since the polygon immutable merger um, it's just the ones that are actually reported right now so that was kind of interesting to hear from him. He talked again about the the focus on Asia, specifically the three games that came over recently, Genokisha, which uh, came out in 2012, and it's still around. That just blows me away. And they've had 8 million uh, peak downloads, which is a great stat to be touting when you're coming to a platform seeking volume. Uh, didn't really talk much about the other ones, except that they, you know they were up and coming and looked really uh, promising for for coming into the gaming space. And he did mention, which we we just talked to someone in an interview with uh, with uh, Dark Machine. He said uh, a CEO from from the recent games are crediting IMX with 
basic customer support uh, being greatly appreciated. And we talked about that in our interview. Uh, you brought up uh, Daniel, was it Pies or? Pies, yeah. Pies, sorry. Uh, executive producer for Guys and Chain. He talked about uh, and extensively the basis of Guys and Chain, which was good for me to hear. Uh, obviously, it's the flagship game for IMX. Uh, mobile coming and the Amazon game, uh, Amazon gaming partnership was pretty big to, to hear. I'm glad to see that IMX is going through. It's not just talk. They are with AWS and you can see this partnership coming coming to fruition. That's always good. A huge thing that he mentioned in the very beginning, uh, Roblox CEO said, dreams of using NFTs in a game like metaverse and robbie was you could tell he was super geeked out that he he heard those words coming from this roblox ceo in public it's a 22 billion dollar game might be nothing i don't know you know <laughs> and yeah. uh let's see uh, oh another thing robbie said uh if if you don't take this seriously with roblox and fortnite you're sleeping on a category and you're, you're gonna regret you're gonna regret it basically is what he said so lots of uh lots of, oh one other tidbit that i like to hear over the last 18 months net outflows of stable coins was higher yeah. than net inflows the month of october that reversed and net inflows were higher than net outflows that is bullish for the entire community web3 crypto whatever you want you'd like to see that traction they think it's attributed a little bit to the trillion dollars in fiscal stimulus coming out of China in the last month. Um, market sentiment appears to be shifting, and he's talking about it can go from zero to one, zero to one hundred really quick. <laughs> yeah, I know a well, lot. Uh, I was just trying to wrap. That's the, like forty minutes in a quick version. <laughs> or the, the other way around. <laughs> um, okay. So, are we finished on that between two layers now? Oh yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> that, it. That all was right, it. cool. There's a lot. There's always that, that's it's pretty cool, isn't it? Like, at least Robbie thinks we're the second best podcast about Immutable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they are pretty good. I'll take good it. I'll take it. second. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So we'll wrap it up with a, a pretty long segment um, about re the most important thing that came out this week. To my opinion, was the. Peter Robinson's uh, one hour, 54 minute deep dive into Passport and ZKVM and with the focus on Passport and that aspect of the ZKVM because the Passport's built on ZKVM, um, you know, so it doesn't work without ZKVM at all. So that's one thing that I took away from it. Like it's not a little side product that works on in the cloud. It works on ZKVM. Well, there will be things in the cloud as part of it, you know, like the whole whole ecosystem of Passport, but it, it a lot of it sits on chain, which is kind of interesting to me. Mm -hmm. What did you What did you think about that in overall? What your overall thoughts on that um, video? Oh boy, Been a little bit technical. Oh yeah, yeah. I lot of rewinds for me. Um, a lot of breaks. Come back. Write down notes. Uh, I, I posted my notes in my own personal Discord. I don't know if you've seen it or not. It's all over the place, but that's how I. That's the only way for me to do it, to try and make some sense of it. It is very high tech, but it helped me gain an understanding of what and why what they're doing will be successful 
and secure. Security is paramount, as Robbie always says, and it really put it into context of what was going on. Now, the coding stuff and everything, that's where I get lost, but in general, I have a, I have a good understanding now of what is happening behind the scenes that nobody else cares about except for you and me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say nobody else, but you get my point. Yeah. Well, some of, some of the, the, the overall message was... Um, well, I've written it down somewhere. I'll get to it later. But uh, it, the security focus was the major focus from the video, wasn't it? Like, the, just everything Immutable does is always about security. Mm -hmm. You notice that? Every single aspect about ownership. Ownership means shit if there's, if you don't feel comfortable with it. You know, if you like, you own a really, if you own a Lamborghini, but you're going to leave it on the street in a dodgy suburb, it's not really smart, is it? You know, you're not going to be, you're not going to relax. So there's no point giving people ownership of something if they don't feel confident in, you know, or it can rest at night not worrying about their stuff getting stolen. So mm -hmm. um, they're really focused on that throughout their whole history. Um, and this is no different. And the whole video or 30 minutes of it was about security. I liked, uh, what, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I liked go. how they had, it's almost like a, to put this as, basic as possible it's a two key system and it's all covered by encryption i believe and correct me if i'm wrong on any of this by the way because i'm just a simple i'm a simple person some stuff but they've got the jwt and the hsm and you can't get access without both of those well those are both separated into two different entities the one being uh off zero i believe is how it's pronounced yeah. the jwt and then the hsm is on the asw side and without both, you're you're not getting it. And the, to get both, from my understanding, would be an insane undertaking. That's just uh, it's it's almost impossible without a whole bunch of crazy factors going on. Am I off on that, or am I somewhat close, or what? Yeah. What, what do you think? No, it's like. It's like a knocks out a lot of um, risks by doing that by having it's like a like a de facto authentication to hack one thing is hard enough but if to be able to hack two things would be almost impossible so mm -hmm. like you're saying it's not impossible and that's what he re touched on that as well um, right. so and what what they do in the event of a black swan kind of like or an event not a black swan like a an anomaly but my take as what takeaway was um, immutable is vertically integrated as a platform and chain. So well, even though they use third parties for tools like blockchains and magic for the cloud storage of authentication keys, um, you know, of, of sorry, of um, private private keys, mm -hmm. um, you know, OAuth, but that's like paying for a service that, you know, instead of spend, you'd spend more money building it yourself than just paying them, you know, for the first five years, at least, you know what I mean? Like, right. Just pay them what, they, what their money and you got it there out of the box, ready to go, cut it up a bit, make it use the part you want and then, um, and build your, build your tooling around it. So, but you know, they, it was funny that they only had two other chains mentioned as, uh, fully integrated chains. That's it. Ronin was one of them. So maybe Ronin's a bigger competitor to us than what we think, but yeah, they're not, the hack hasn't helped them. Um, plus, <laughs> well, they probably plus, learned their lesson from that and then get on the ball, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're still a side chain and they're not, that's very risky regardless of 
you know, you can't hack immutables, bridges, they don't have them. They're a ZK EVM. Well, you can hack the bridge, but there's no money in it. So, you know what I mean? Like it's, yep. it's all on Ethereum. You got to hack Ethereum. Um, um, so password, passport is single identity across all of the, you know, uh, across all tools. We already know that unified wallet for both CKVM and I middle X, um, security folks already mentioned that, um, it supports, you know, Unreal Engine 5, Unity, Windows, Mac and Android and iOS. So that's the in-game transactions and those platforms. It, if you use Unreal Engine 5 or Unity to build your game on either one of those four platforms, you, you can use that Passport, which is pretty diverse. Um, Windows being a browser as well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, all major marketplaces agreed to integrate Passport. So it won't be any, mark, you know, ones that have got all the volume are using it, going to be using it. Tra Token Trove's already implemented it. Um, you know, they mentioned batch transactions as well. So that's going to be great. You can do, can you list all your, you know, put all your guns and chains, tick, uh, cards for sale in one part batch. That'd be nice. Right. Um, in sponsored transaction as well, where the game can decide if they're going to sponsor users transactions. That'd be pretty cool. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And there's, you know, they mentioned that the, there will be gas-free transactions still on ZKVM in-game. Some that will be automated as, as free. So that'll be interesting to see what they are. Um, and that will, what's some of the benefits of Passport is increased revenue streams, advertising opportunities, and gameplay data. Um, so, yeah, like that's that's going to be pretty insane to have that advantage of you'll be you'll be able to as an immutable passport player a user say hey send out an invite to everyone that's played this game for five hours more and more something like that you know so oh. hold an or, or held an nft on in anyone that's played it so dark machine could say anyone that's held a, a metal core mech for one year without selling it send them a nft for dark machine to, that gets them a free play test something like that so kind of interesting that they could be able to do that out of the box. I don't it. know if it's the same tech or not, but that re gosh, hearing that it almost sounds like the altar, not exactly the same, but the tech, the, the ability to do those different things is somehow some way tied, tied to that. What do you think about that? Mm. Or am I off on that? And technically no, but I know what you mean. Like it's, again, it's like cross game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could, you could, you, you could say, if you come to the altar and sacrifice some medical stuff, you know, and this stuff and you buy this token and you sacrifice it, we'll, you'll get a Mac in dark machine. So you're targeting people that, you know, are Mac players mm -hmm. and played and held and held for a long time. And so, yeah, you, you, that could be tied into it, but technically it's not the same thing. It's the data that you're retrieving from you know, from play, play, uh, habits. And then you, then you could use that to the altar, but yeah, the altar, I can't wait to find out more about what this altar is. It sounds pretty exciting. I know. There, there's so many possibilities, um, not, not, not just the altar. I'm mean, what you're talking about with the, the passport, like you're, you're talking about those things. And then my wheels are spinning. It's like, wow, you could do so many cool things with that. Like, you could tie it to holiday events, you know, <laughs> just, mm -hmm. 
you know, go go do this, you know, burn, and that's what you're talking about, burning things, you know. Uh, yeah. You need to reduce some supply yeah. of something, but you're going to give a nice kickback of something to energize the community. Oh, so many possibilities. Yeah, and um, moving on to another subject of the of the video was ZKVM, more about it itself and about the app chains and the infrastructure. Um, the, some key alpha come out of this actually. So the app chains that they're building. Uh, so if someone like uh, Eve Online decides to build an immutable with their own app chain, um, it's going to be shared settlement and shared liquidity. So that means 100% compatible with the rest of the immutable passport, everything, all their tools, everything. And if you've got, and for us players, then that will mean we went in to get a new passport for it. The same passport will work on their game. And also, if you've got tokens on Immutable's chain, you know, on Token Trove that you can buy and sell in the marketplace, you'll be able to use those tokens without any bridging or anything else on those chains as well. Nice. So 100% compatibility, even though they've got their own individual chain. Uh, excuse me. Um, and... And um, data availability sec will is still going to be <clears throat> shared in the same. Oh my god! I need a drink of water. That's fine. <laughs> so, like, the data availability is important because it tells you the game developer if they need a piece of information from a, from an NFT or metadata or something like that. Um, you know, if you've recently upgraded something in the game. You need and you now need to be given new stats. You know that's you need to get that data from the data availability. And so those app chains are going to use the same the same level of data availability. It's not going to be their own data availability system. So um, that's again a really important tool that developers need. Um, cross chain comms as well. So there's directly different app chains to talk directly to each um, app chain. However, they do that. No, however, they do that. I don't know. Hmm. Um, and then also the validators. At the moment, it starts off with one, just immutable hosted. But each chain, immutable's core chain, will have thirty provers eventually. So you're going to hear announcements that Google and Amazon are a prover. Um, you know how Ronin does it. Um, so that's to prove the zkVM, and. Each app chain will have ability to have their own 30 provers. So just like subnets on AVAX with their own tokens and their own ability to, to get their own prove it, like uh, make their own decentralization system, um, Immutable will be able to do that as well. And one of the biggest things that I took away with that's related to this is that a lot of the chains have the proving and the execution layer combined into one. Um, and Immutable is working with all major ZK EVM producers that are trying to make type one EVMs, the equivalent type, to have an API system modularized so that any prover can prove for any blockchain that's a ZK EVM. Uh, so Polygon Zero, Scroll, Linear, Tyco, and Matter Labs. So the five big ones. Um, that, that would be... And what that would mean is that a theory, like interoperability, interoperability, mm -hmm. can't say that word ever in the best of times. <laughs> it'll create, it'll make Ethereum mainnet like way more, like um, le way less fragmented, like the layer twos are doing now. It, it'll make communicating between the two much simpler and able to transact 
like maybe maybe even one wallet on for all chains you know that works the same without having to change um you know like right now you have to get your loop ring wallet you have to get your whatever zk you, you have to new, need a new wallet for each type and right. they're not interlinked so bringing liquidity fragmentation back to to to, to, to ethereum um one pretty huge one wallet to rule them all huh yeah well saying that that was that's not i wasn't up to that yet but that's one of the biggest things is that immutables passport is going to work on ethereum mainnet directly as wow. well i don't know if you picked pick that up so no i maybe I, I was getting lost at times in the in the video i was i was looking forward to talking to you about this because i was like oh man i'm not i'm not as yeah dialed into some of that stuff but yeah that's that's amazing that's pretty huge, man. If your passport works on Ethereum natively, like oh, yeah. it just it, it it ends the fragmentation. It means that immutable and Ethereum become liquidity frag fragmentation's gone. Um, you know, people don't like bridging their tokens away in that very much for some reason. It's, it's high risk. That's why. That's where most of the hacks occur is on the bridges. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's just in the and then UI UX to do it, it's not easy, and it's like I can't be bothered, and you know you got to pay gas to move it and all that stuff. Yep. So you, why would you going to move a hundred dollars across to buy a, an NFT, but that's going to cost you six or seven dollars? Mm -hmm. um, and then current ZKM EVM state twenty four hours or longer to to bring, you know, your, your token back. So I get it, um, but yeah, it's huge. It's a huge in, interview. This uh, presentation, this one. There's so much alpha. Um, uh, there's some things that lots of technical things that were about just why games developers are choosing immutable. Like we're seeing so many games choose immutable and this, this video went, ah, uh, I can see what, well, uh, you know, get little snippets of reasons. Another reason I didn't know why they're building on immutable. Another one, another one, um, you know, and, and the, the big one was the five chains building, working together to, to make a common API. So all provers work for all blockchains. So Immutable's prover could work for Tyco to, to, to prove that something's on Ethereum, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's just uh, huge. Um, he talked a little bit of low key shade who didn't mean to at optimism said why they opti optimistic, not optimism, optimistic rollups and, um, something I didn't know about. Um, but it like the NFT. If you if you want to move a token from Arbitrum to Mainnet, it takes like fourteen days. But wow, I didn't know you, that. You you can use a a, a tool um, a liquidity bridge, so another platform takes the risk that you and believes that your your move you know is is real and it protect you know like it it validates it and gives you the money instantly, but they're taking the risk. But it only works with tokens, not NFTs. Fungible tokens, not non-fungible tokens. So if you want to play interoperability between chains and things like that, it's a 14-day wait to get your, your NFT off, off um, Arbitrum into the next chain. That's crazy. So it kind of like, it's not as flexible and also it's not instant finality. Like it takes a long time to find out, finalize the transactions. So it's not as quick as, um, you know, like, like a ZKEVM is. I didn't know a couple of those things. So that was interesting. Hmm. Um, and then they went back to passport and showed that little, um, you know, little, um, game where they did a transaction in the game to show you how it works. And it just feels so good. Mm -hmm. you know, is it, 
these three tokens click the button if you want to buy this skin you need to use these three tokens and like just looks like a in-game pop-up menu to buy something like you'd have to have some kind of menu to say you want to buy something no matter if it's a wallet or not just felt like an in-game menu to say buy it or not you know um so it was pretty cool how they showed that um i think that's about it for me um what did you did you have anything else to add from that yeah that's uh I know it's a lot of technical jargon and it's not the sexiest stuff and a lot of people may not care about it, but for the people that are dialed into this project of what it's going to mean, it is further confirmation and confidence that what they're building is special and different. And you can see if you can get through all of the technical aspects and just have an understanding of, of this road that they're building. And it's just not a basic road. It's a road of many roads and traffic lights and stop signs and uh, garages to put your keys into. And it's all about, like you said, interoperability and less friction, which is a, a phrase they use all the time. And you can see it coming together. And it's not just a pipe dream. It's not it's not fantasy land. This is real deal stuff going on behind the scenes. And for me personally, it makes me lock into this project even harder. And uh, I'm, I'm really glad they put that video out. I'm going to be watching it several times more to try and really mm -hmm. get a full understanding, especially after everything you displayed. And uh, I, I expect a future video coming out from me personally to, I don't want to say dumb it down because I don't want to insult people, but to make it more palatable for people to get where this is going and why it's important. So uh, expect that from me in the future. Yeah, and Passport's huge. It's um, like they showed in those, in the, you know, the diagrams he was showing how many different modules and services and it's not a small little piece of code. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a small startup in itself. So it's a huge undertaking. It made me realize that no one's close to making this for, for six months, to, unless they've been building it already and we don't know about it. Um, this is not a social login, like, you know, Ronin, right. you can get, you can get your Ronin wallet by scanning a QR code and they think that's the same. It's not the same. You know, it's a, you know, it's just a social way of logging into a wallet. This is a new tool in game transactions that it enables um you know and you know incorporates relayer with it to make sure it checks to see if this transaction is going to be you that needs to pay or the company is going to pay or it's sponsored by someone else or it's a non and at the, this time of the month it's a free transaction from immutable so there's like lots of lots of different if then buts for, for it to come out um and for this to work it's way complicated than i thought it was um the guardian you saw that that's the machine learning mm -hmm. tool that will determine if this is a true transaction or not um as well as on top of the security that we talked about the two factors mm -hmm. the guardian will check that but also the machine learning in there hey, just, and um you know should, should people should watch it and just see if they can try and understand much that they can if they're interested in immutable right that's enough for me to about that i think we've this is a long episode sorry for taking this long everyone um uh, you did if you didn't hear we are going to open up the discord and start creating a community around immutable uh, i think it's something that's a little bit lacking in our community in, in immutable so, uh, so, you know a actual 
organization that focuses on immutable and the games and learning about the platform, the infrastructure, and just getting together to organize gaming together and talk about gaming and talk about what immutable is doing. So hopefully you'll join our discord. There'll be links in the descriptions and stuff of all the socials. Yep. Very good. Uh, lots of great information today. Uh, thanks for breaking that down with that recent video from, uh, um, Mr. Peterson engineer from IMX and, uh, Looking forward to our next uh, podcast coming up, and uh, we'll have some videos here soon. We'll have uh, everything down uh, in the comment section, uh, links uh, where to find all this information, and uh, I'll be talking to you soon, brother. Yeah, um, next episode, we're hoping to have the Infinite Victory founder on, so that'd be interesting. Oh, that's right. Woo! Mm, Pumped for that, that one. game. I've been playing that this week, and the single player is fun. Um, I can't wait for PvP or, or versus mode where you can play against someone. Um, it's going to be sick. Awesome. See everyone next. See everyone next week. Ciao, guys. Bye.